What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Deep Two, a basketball podcast where we give you the latest in the NBA as well as sprinkle in some of our own mild to spicy takes here and there. My name's Kiefer Mendoza. Tonight is, or today is February 9th, and it is uh, 8.27 p.m. that we're recording this. I'm joined today by my friend and co-host, Ryan Stanley. Ryan, greatest trade deadline, trade deadline of all time? <laughs> um, definitely the greatest trade deadline, and also <laughs> probably, probably the greatest trade. Well, I, don't, I love that one from like 2017 or 18 where like, uh, all the Lakers players just got sent to the Cavs so that yeah. LeBron could go to the Lakers basically that offseason. That one's up there for me. Man, so much has gone down. If if you um, are just completely unaware, uh, today was a trade deadline. It was kind of funny like how leading up to today, really, until about a day and a half ago, there really wasn't any super huge um, – trades any 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 real like there weren't any real rumblings of rumors you know probably the biggest one that people had been talking about was OG Ananobi and it ended up that he wasn't even traded um which we'll get to but um you know there's so many huge huge moves but we're gonna get to all of the the trades but before we do any of that we just want to really quick quickly touch on a couple things um one is um if, if you were watching a couple nights ago LeBron James has officially passed Kareem as the all-time um, points scored in the NBA. Had a the Lakers had a game against the Thunder um, where all the stars were out to play in Los Angeles, and uh, LeBron came through. He needed 36 that night, and he ended with 38. Um, it was it was really poetic. I was I was telling Ryan and friend of the pod um, Zach that he ended uh, or he got the the record by. Uh, using his little uh, turnaround fadeaway um, on Kenrich Williams. And that was probably, you know, the highlight of, of Kenrich Williams' career. Um, <laughs> so just really poetic, a really special moment, you know, as um, <laughs> I saw this tweet yesterday that was like, or actually it was like a TikTok or something, a, a video that I saw on Twitter that was, uh, it was like this guy like reacting to um, LeBron James passing the record. And he was like, um, it, it's, this, it's like a video of this dude like falling on his knees crying. And he said, me after a dude that I have never met in my life uh, past Kareem as the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. And that's how I felt. It was a really special moment, um, really significant for um, all of the NBA, all of NBA fans, whether you like LeBron or not, it's just crazy to, to be, to witness history like that. Um, so I was just, I, I was uh, up late at night. It was, it was obviously a late night game it was a West coast game, but I wanted to make sure that I was up to see it. Um, and, and it lived up to the hype, even though the Lakers lost the game and, and, the Thunder got some really good national coverage, um, and they really <laughs> proved themselves a little bit as, as everyone was watching to see LeBron pass uh, Kareem. They also got to watch the Thunder um, beat the Lakers. So really great moment. Ryan, you have any thoughts on that? Uh, it's just a great basketball night. You know, like I feel like there wasn't much of a buildup to it. It's just kind of like like Tuesday came around, and I was like, oh, hey, tonight's like probably the night. And uh, I don't know. It's just a good night. I feel like everyone was watching it, even though he broke the record at like twelve fifteen or something our time. <laughs> like it was very late. Um, it's just one of those things. You just feel like everyone's watching the same thing at the same time. And honestly, like I never even like I didn't know until the next day that the Thunder won because yeah. like the actual <laughs> the actual game felt like it didn't matter at all. And it, I mean, yeah, it probably doesn't. But mm -hmm. uh, it was just it was just special. You know, I love those moments uh, where you just feel like as as a collective basketball community, we're all just kind of enjoying this this little thing. 
uh, Russell Westbrook and Thomas Bryant both had some funny moments in this game, uh, both of whom, <laughs> ironically enough, are no longer on the Lakers, um, which, again, we'll get to. Um, but I, I saw this. I, I was looking at the box score after, and it um, it, it said that Russell Westbrook uh, shot 19 shots in that game, and LeBron LeBron shot 20 shots. So if that tells you anything about <laughs> Russ and what his plan was for that iconic or historic moment. Um, and then the picture of LeBron – uh, shooting the fadeaway on Kenrich Williams, um, right in the bottom right corner, you can see Thomas Bryant calling for the ball, which is just an elite moment from Thomas Bryant. So um, <laughs> we got some memes out of it too, but yeah, overall great, great moment. Ryan, did you have any? Uh, I think you have a recap for us. What you got? I do. We each picked one thing, and you picked what is logically the thing that we should remember this week for. But I would like to, I'd like to take just a couple moments to talk about something that's far less ceremonious. And that is um, a death that we've suffered in the basketball community this week. Uh, it was not an individual, uh, not a player or a coach, but it was of the uh, the hopes and dreams of a franchise. Keith, <laughs> if you would allow me to uh, please unpack this. Um, you know, it's it's been long said that whoever brings a basketball title back to the great city of New York, the greatest city in the world, that 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 person, that team, they would become immortalized. They'd be remembered forever. They'd be beloved amongst the city and its people. As were Walt Clyde Fraser, as were Bernard King, as were, uh, the, you know, Earl the Pearl Monroe, you know, Dave DeBusher, all the guys who, who brought that last title literally 50 years ago this season to the city of New York. And so you can't fault a franchise for trying, right? I mean, mine certainly did. There was a point in my life where I wanted some individuals on my team. There was a summer where I thought that we were going to get some individuals on my team. And I woke up this morning, checked my phone, and let out a sigh of relief thinking, thank goodness my franchise is alive and breathing today. And another one cannot quite say that. So I would like to I would like to pose a question, Keith. Is if if the, if the coaching career of Kenny Atkinson and Steve Nash and an entire decade's worth of draft picks and an entire roster full of young, exciting stars were worth one championship to be able to say that you are the team that brought that championship back to New York, would it be worth it? And honestly, we'll never know. <laughs> I, th- I, I mean, a championship is worth it, but you're right. <laughs> There's there's nothing to show for any of the the risks that um, were taken in that in that dreadful off season. <laughs> no, I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful. And as all my recaps begin with me talking about the Nets and ending with the Knicks, I would like to say Jalen Brunson should have been an All Star. And that is your <laughs> recap for the week. <laughs> Amazing. Oh man, yeah, I saw your tweet that um that you said the Knicks won the 2019 off season. Um, and it, it took me a second to understand what you were saying there, but not to step on our grades here in a second, but they do have, they have like four years worth of Suns picks, which might, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when the jazz have all these picks from the Cavs, it's like, are are these first round picks going to be like in the mid to late twenties? Like they're basically second rounders. Uh, meanwhile, the Houston Rockets have all of the Nets picks, <laughs> and uh, the Nets only the Nets only hope is being able to flip Mikael Bridges and Ben Simmons for stuff, and that's that's where they are now. So, um, you know what? 
I'll take it. Happiest day, happiest day of your life, I would assume, as a as a Knicks fan. <laughs> it's up there. Uh, all right, let's get into these trades. So, like I said, there's so many things that happened today and and yesterday. So there's going to be this is really just going to be off the cuff, just trying to kind of thinking of the first things that come to mind for us. Uh, but I want to start with a trade that happened actually a couple of days ago. Um, was the first big like blockbuster trade that we had, and that was Kyrie to the Mavericks. Um, the first the first step of the Nets uh, sort of blow up that they had. Um, so Kyrie is was traded to the Mavericks for Dorian Finney Smith um, and a couple picks, um, and so. One thing I wanted to mention was that uh, the other, I think, yeah, it was last podcast we were talking about just kind of making fun of uh, Mark Cuban and the Mavs um, as they released a statement about they wanted to trade Dorian Finney-Smith for a for a good you know star player, um, and we were like, that's ridiculous. He's Dorian Finney-Smith. He's a he's a, a glorified role player, and here we are a couple days later, and Kyrie Irving is now on the Mavs. Um, you know, obviously there's there's. Uh, more to that trade than Dorian Finney-Smith, but I thought that was just humorous. But um, the Kyrie-Luka pairing is going to be an interesting one to watch. Um, it's So just kind of looking at the at the pro side, Luka now has someone else to defer to um, other than Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, oh, I think I, I think I forgot to mention, Spencer Didwitty was also in that trade. Um, but uh, so he has, like I said, he has something, someone to defer to now. Um, another star player, another person who can get a bucket, you know, uh, pretty much um, on call. And so, um, theoretically, it's it's a it's a good pairing. Um, I watched the game last night, um, the the his Kyrie's first game with the Mavs, and uh, he dropped twenty four points, led them to a win without Luca. So. Um, naturally you have the, the super early, you know, oh, this is going to be amazing. The West is, you know, Luca and, and Kyrie will own the West. Um, but obviously that's just honeymoon, honeymoon goggles on these, on this, uh, whole experience that they have going on. But I think if, if it doesn't work this season, um, this may have super negative effects on the Mavs future and Luca's future as a Maverick, uh, because Kyrie is, he's, he's not guaranteed for, any any time past this year, so he could choose to to get up and and walk away and and find somewhere else, and so and they gave you know a they gave first rounders to um, the Nets, so kind of kind of scary, but also there's a a possible high reward um, in this trade. Um, Rye, do you think that this Kyrie Luca thing is is gonna pan out in any way? It certainly can, but it, it also might not. I think. I think Kyrie will be on his best behavior. I think he's playing for his next contract and he has to, I know this is like a big ask, but he has to be like somewhat self-aware in knowing that like everything that he does from this point forward is going to cost him probably a significant amount of money on his next contract, which I do believe that he cares about. And so I, I think that Kyrie is, I mean, obviously like he's just stepping into the Jalen Brunson role while they try to roll, run back what they did last year. And Kyrie is, you know, a much better shot creator. He's much better finisher at the rim. He's uh, about as good of a three-point shooter. So all of that's kind of the same or better for Kyrie. I mean, he's, he's clearly like a better offensive weapon, like scoring-wise. But I, I genuinely don't think that he is as selfless of a player because Jalen Brunson is more of a traditional point guard. And so while in a vacuum, you would obviously, if you had to win a game with one of the two, a hundred times out of a hundred, you would pick Kyrie. But I do wonder 
if he will fit as well next to Jalen Brunson. Because what worked so well for them last year was his willingness to defer and then just go get a bucket, like almost like when it was time for him to, which is sort of what he's doing this year, but at a much higher volume. Um, so I will I will be interested to see how well those two work together. Um, but certainly like the ceiling is like if, if last year, you know, they made the Western Conference Finals, I mean, the ceiling is like that caliber of a team. I mean, the West obviously got I and mean, is, is loaded now. So <laughs> maybe Western Conference Finals or even Finals is, is ambitious. But uh, I do think that this is a contending team. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of deferring um, and, and Kyrie's, you know, potential uh, lack of willingness to defer as much as, you know, a Brunson or a Dinwiddie would. Um, I don't know if you saw, I think it was, I, I'm pretty sure it was Mark Cuban he was interviewed about this Kyrie trade and he was like, yeah, so I think we have, you know, we have, we obviously have the the best ball handler in the, in the league with Luca. And now we have the second best. And I just think that was, <laughs> that, was that was kind of a, a, a out of pocket sort of, sort of way to welcome your, your new star player in is, Hey, this is the second <laughs> best guy. <laughs> so um, hopefully oh Kyrie God. doesn't take too much offense to that. So moving on. Um, and obviously, you know, we're, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to build up a little bit here. There's there's one uh, the the biggest trade of the, of the of the whole trade deadline we'll kind of we'll get to, but I don't want to just like knock that out yeah. of the park and then have all these smaller ones, but um a, a somewhat big one is is what the Lakers were able to do uh this trade deadline um which, you know, I've kind of gone back and forth, but I'm just to I'm going to try to name name all of the things that happened and I might not have it all in order, but basically the Lakers are acquiring D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley and Mo Bamba. Um, and these are all basically from different trades almost. Um, they have traded away Russell Westbrook, Juan Toscano Anderson, um, their 2027 first round, Pat Bev, um, and probably a couple others. Um, they also traded away Thomas Bryant, um, whose role was already kind of diminished with AD returning. Um, and now with Vanderbilt in the lineup, um, he probably won't, he, his role will probably be diminished, diminished even more. So it was nice of the Lakers to free him up. But um, I think overall, solid pickups um, for the Lakers. Um, I would I wouldn't say that they you know they won this trade deadline by any means because there was you know so many other moves that happened. But um, just kind of going through all of these players real quick, you know, D'Lo, um, he has his flaws. He's not my favorite player in the world, but I think he'll be able to defer to LeBron and AD much more willingly than Russ did. Um, and so he's, you know, he can play that, that point guard role pretty well. Um, and just, you know, give the ball to LeBron, give the ball to Anthony Davis. Uh, I think it was the biggest win of this was getting Jared Vanderbilt, who is one of the best defenders in the league. He can, he could play at the four with Anthony Davis, um, or he can play a small ball center when AD is on the bench, um, and, and LeBron playing the floor, the floor. So, um, he's a super versatile defender great pickup for the Lakers. Malik Beasley, sneakily, you know, a really good bench player, a three point shooter. He's shooting like 36% from three. Um, he's averaging like 13 points, um, in 27 ish minutes right now. So good, uh, just kind of bolstering that bench. And then Mo Bamba, you know, he gets another chance. He probably won't play a ton with um, Anthony Davis and uh, Vanderbilt, both healthy and active. But who knows? I think a, a change in environment might be good for Mo Bamba. I was always a huge fan of his, like, coming uh, as he came into the league and it never really panned out in Orlando. Um, so, you know, that could go that could go one way or another. But I, w I think overall, you know, this this 
this trade deadline was surprisingly pretty decent for the Lakers. You know, I, I, it didn't look like they were going to make any, you know, significant moves other than the Hachimura move a couple of weeks ago that we talked about. Um, but I think that this was kind of out of nowhere and they, they solved a lot of their bigger problems like, you know, the Russell Westbrook problem, like the, you know, just kind of filling out that bench depth. Yeah, it was. I think it might have actually been my favorite trade at the deadline, not because it was like a huge move the needle thing, but because it was like I, I genuinely didn't think that they could pull off these sorts of trades at all. Like, you know, we've talked about this a, a good bit on the pod, but uh, just even moving Russell Westbrook is a huge feat, and to be able to get back everything that they got back. And you know, I'm I'm really I'm not a big fan of Danny Ainge in in Utah. Uh, I think post Rudy Gobert trade. He's been super obnoxious, and that's coming from a guy whose team has been involved in a lot of trades with the Jazz or trade talks with the Jazz. Um, it, it's, it's been frustrating. I mean, he asked for a first-round pick for each Mike Conley, Mike Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. And uh, credit to, to Rob Polinka and, uh, you know, GM LeBron. I mean, they got all three of those guys for a protected first-round pick, just a singular one. Um, and they unloaded Russell Westbrook's contract, which gives them a ton of flexibility to, you know, go out and sign a veteran free agent. There's a ton of guys who got traded today. Uh, Reggie Jackson and, uh, I mean, Pat Bev's about to get released. Maybe they run it back with Pat Bev. Uh, I know both those guys are rumored to go to other teams. John Wall will be released. Uh, there's a lot of guys that definitely need some guard depth. But I think that the, the, um, Lakers are, I think they got incrementally better at every area that they struggled in. And, um, I saw, I was watching the, the trade show on ESPN this morning, the trade deadline show, and uh, Tim Legler mentioned that, uh, you know, this is the, like, this is the sort of team makeup that will take a minute to gel, but they could get hot towards the end of the season and make a run, like, right when you, right when you would not want them to make a run. Uh, and I firmly believe that for this Lakers team, I think if they uh, get out of the play-in games, I think that they will get hot and they could they could pose some real trouble to a team like the Nuggets, you know? Um, so I do like this team a lot. I'm I'm honestly shocked that they got everything that they got and got out of Russell Westbrook's contract. Um, and you know, even the Thomas Bryant thing, you probably saw, but he you know asked for a trade pretty silently because he wanted more playing time. And I do think he's a nice player. I, I never loved his role on that team. Um, so it's just kind of nice of them just to kind of honor that and send him where he wanted to go. So all around, great trade deadline for the Lakers. Who knew, man? A couple of days ago, the Lakers looked pretty miserable, but. Um, you know, there, there's some hope. They've got to win like basically every game from here on out to to really um, get in a good place yeah. in the playoffs. But <laughs> you know, it can happen. Um, so staying in Los Angeles, the Clippers um, they made some moves today as well, just really uh, deepening their bench. They have they added Mason Plumley from Charlotte, the absolute uh, greatest center, second mm. coming of Hakeem. Um, that we've ever seen. <laughs> um, just, and then they also are bringing back Eric Gordon. Um, he's finally freed from the Houston Rockets after what seems like, you know, five, six, seven years. Um, he is he is freed while um, they released or they traded John Wall back to Houston, which is just – I know that they're going to buy him out. But <laughs> absolutely disrespectful, disrespectful, just a – the funniest thing, and I'm, I think I saw you share this uh, this video, but he was just recently on a podcast, Theo Pinson's <laughs> podcast, I believe, um, talking about uh, how much he hated Houston and just, like, roasting them. So just really funny how that all went down. <laughs> but um, they also are getting Luke Kennard. They're getting Bones Highland from um, 
the Nuggets. So, you know, nothing that is, those names don't necessarily, you know, you don't hear them and it's like, oh, wow, you know, Mason Plumley or Luke Kennard, but um, they're already a, a pretty deep team. They, they actually going into the season there, they were considered to have, you know, one of the best benches in the league. And so kind of sharpening that even more, even though, cause they haven't really lived up to the expectations that they, you know, had coming into the season. Uh, but they're still right there in that contention um, for, you know, a solid playoff spot. So, um, you know, pretty decent move for the Clippers. Nothing, yeah. nothing crazy to, to say about them. No, no, nothing. Uh, nothing that jumps out a whole lot. I know it was a crazy trade deadline, but I do want to point out that Luke Kennard is on the Grizzlies now. Um, oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I saw somebody who was wondering, like, who they're going to play at guard when they start back playing. But, uh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting, man. It's gonna be interesting because I do like this team a lot. I like all the pieces that they have um, on paper. This should be an awesome team. They're you know very switchable. They have guys who have been great defenders at some point in their career. Uh, they've got a lot of shooting. Um, it's just I don't know. One, I just want to know who's gonna be passing the ball around, and I think I think unfortunately we all know who that's gonna end up being. I think we're we're gonna have a Paul George reunion here in a little bit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, the fishing buddies or whatever they used to do uh but yeah man i'm i don't know it's the clippers like it should be a good team it probably won't be for some reason i forget that half these guys ever played for them that's how it goes <laughs> Um, a couple other smaller trades, uh, the Golden State Warriors, um, they did, they couldn't sign Gary Payton um, in the offseason, uh, so they let him walk in free agency, and then they uh, just traded him, uh, or traded for him. Uh, I think they gave, what was it, five second-round picks or something? Was he the five-picks the five picks guy? Um, so Gary Payton is, is back on the Warriors, which is, uh, you know, Really good move for them. He's he's obviously a great defender. Um, they dumped James Wiseman, um, which was going to happen. I, I think that was an inevitable thing that was going to happen. Um, anything I'm missing with the Warriors? I'm trying to trying to keep track of every of all of it. Yeah, I was about to say that they added Sadiq Bay, but they did yes. not add Sadiq Bay. Oh, they rerouted yeah. him. <laughs> they rerouted him to Atlanta for those five second round picks that they used to trade for Gary Payton. Um, it was almost it was almost like a four team trade, but I think it was like multiple individual trades. Um, and yeah, which is ridiculous because they drafted Gary Payton, so they had his bird rights, which means that he would have counted less against their cap if they had never let him walk. So they're basically just they gave up, you know, their second round pick from like three years ago, and they they basically are paying more for a guy that they already had in house. Um, which is crazy. Did you? I mean, like Jordan Poole just did a jersey swap with Gary Payton yeah, like a couple yeah. days ago. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. I, but, I did uh, see that. <laughs> oh man! So uh, you mentioned Sadiq Bay um, in Atlanta. Speaking of Atlanta, they didn't trade John Collins, um, but <laughs> they got Sadiq Bay. So um, he's he's, <laughs> a, he's a nice player. Um, I'm. Let me see if I'm missing any before we before we jump yeah. oh the 76ers they picked up Jalen McDaniels um you know mm. he's, he's been a sneaky good two-way wing um yeah and they they traded Thibault to the 70 or to the uh the Trailblazers yeah um, which you know Trailblazers I don't I, I have no I can't really like speak into what I think about how their their moves have been but um I just think that it's, it's a lot of just a lot more mid around Damian Lillard, which makes me sad. Um, 
Hang on, I have to find a tweet here in real time. Don't even right. edit this. I, be- I believe in my ability to find this tweet super fast. Um, there was this one that said, the Blazers are determined to test the limits of the grind that Damian Lillard won't run from. <laughs> and I love oh that so gosh. much. <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> They're oh, just man. testing the waters. They're like, will he run from this team? <laughs> and he won't. Um, I, I will say, just to knock out a bunch of trades real quick, um, I, I love that the 76ers tried to get cheaper and get off of Matisse Thibel by acquiring Jalen McDaniels, who's essentially the same type of player from Charlotte. And then they sent him to Portland, who had just done the same thing the day before with Josh Hart, sending him to New York. So it's like this four-team cycle of guys who are, or teams who are just trying to have a 3-and-D wing at a cheaper price, and it ends with the Knicks being the most expensive one, but also the best. Whatever. Yeah, honestly, I, that that's a sneaky good move for the Knicks getting Jay Hart. He's he's you know a really serviceable three and D guy. Yeah. If nobody watches the Knicks, we'll just go ahead and cover this one. Uh, they have a seven man rotation. Like it's a seven. It's a, it's our starters and it's Obi Toppin and it's like usually Isaiah Hartenstein and that's kind of it. Um, and so add, adding a, an eighth guy into the rotation is crucial, uh, if nothing else, so that our players don't have a heart attack every game. Well, you know, with the Knicks, speaking of, even though you, yes, yes, you, you need that eighth player. Thankfully, and I'm saying this, it pains me to say this, <laughs> thankfully, you didn't trade for the Chicago Bulls' Zach Levine, <laughs> um, who in the, in the past hour and a half i've just seen so many tweets about how i saw Livy's saw a tweet talking about how levine and billy donovan got into a you know some sort of like argument and they're basically you know mm-hmm. irreparable relationship and all the players are on billy donovan's side just really very much trouble in paradise over in chicago we didn't make any significant moves i don't think we made a move at all um <laughs> to be honest and so you know there, there's some if there's if there are losers in this trade deadline, Chicago is at the top of the list. Yeah. And I will say, as far as the Zach Levine thing goes, because um, there's a thing on Nick's Twitter called Nick's for Clicks, which is where uh, people are very paranoid and they believe that people in the national sports media talk about the Knicks just for like likes and retweets and stuff because they're because of the fan base and, and everything. Um, I will say, as far as the Zach Levine stuff goes, that like weirdly like caught on around noon today like i just kept seeing tweets just popping up all at the same time um from all mostly espn and tnt pages just all posting about how uh, the knicks were engaged in serious trade talks and talking about draft compensation for zach levine and all this stuff and uh i saw a tweet from stefan bondi who's a new york post reporter who covers the knicks and he just tweeted, and it got lost in the shuffle, but he said, everyone in the front office is frantically telling everyone else that the Knicks are not interested in Zach Levine. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems like one of those stories that someone just made up just for the hype of it. And I don't yeah, think yep. that the front office really wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> well, whether whether they wanted him or not, they, they dodged a bullet there. And I love Zach Levine. That's, <laughs> that's not any disrespect, but just the, mm-hmm. the drama that's going on is crazy. Um, okay, last thing I, I want to mention before we get to the big one. Um, the Raptors, they made a move for Yaka Pirtle, um, kind of out of nowhere because we all thought that they were selling. And it ends up that OG Adenobi, um, who was probably the most talked about trade uh, trade piece um, these past couple of weeks, um, he, was, he wasn't traded. They're keeping him. They're keeping Pascal Siakam, keeping Fred, Fred Van Vliet. 
So the core is staying together, and they uh, they added a, a really uh, really good center with uh, Pirtle. And so I guess the Raptors are they're saying, hey, we're we're still in this thing. They're like the 10 seed in the East right now. So I mean, they could they could win some more games and really be in a good place. So um, yeah, respect. You know, that's respect. Yeah. I, I have I have nothing nothing negative to say about their um, nah. lack of of sell. So I like their guys too. I mean, and. And I saw this one thing, uh, this one report that came out today that um, they they were fielding offers on Fred VanVleet, Pascal Siakam, Moji Ananobi, like tons of dudes, basically their whole roster outside of Scotty Barnes. And uh, yeah, I saw this tweet that said that uh, once the Kevin Durant trade went through, um, they basically reversed course and they decided that they could still win the East. <laughs> so I mean, that's yeah. like, that's why they doubled down and traded for Jakob Pertle, and they were like, no, we're actually not trading anybody. <laughs> so massive shout-out. I feel like there's like a lot of teams that kind of have these trades, like Russ to Utah. I mean, we both uh, kind of mentioned that in our like fake trade scenarios mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year. It's like that kind of stuff gets rumored for months. But shout-out to the Raptors on like a moment's notice deciding, you know what? No, we're not doing this. Yeah. I was, I was, it's so funny. I was talking to somebody the other day about how the East is so like, it's it's so top heavy and you know the mm. whereas you know up until probably like four or five years ago um the west was always the favorite they had all the best teams and now in like overnight i feel like it's flipped once again to where the west is just completely stacked which which does mean mm-hmm. you know the raptors are are you know the raptors and teams teams like that they have <clears throat> more of a reason to to really put in some effort you know you still have the the big dogs the celtics the 76ers and um, the Bucks, uh, but you know, other than that, those those other other top spots are pretty much wide open. All right, let's get to um, the the big trade. Um, this happened. Let me tell you how I, I found out about this. Actually, I was uh, last night. I was watching the Mavs game with um, it was Kyrie's first game, um, and I kind of just left my TV on, and it was just really like the volume was really low, and it was on this this uh, just in like where they do the interviews after the post game interviews, but there was no, nobody in front of the mic. It was just a shot of the mic and they just left it up. And I heard someone talking and they, and it was like somebody just behind the camera was like, I'm hearing uh, Kevin Durant to the Suns, And I was like, what? Like I just completely caught me off guard. And then I sure <laughs> enough, go and check my Twitter. This is, you know, 1230, 1am, whenever um, go check my Twitter. And I see, you know, Shams is, is dropped the bomb on us. And, uh, Kevin Durant has been traded to the Phoenix Suns. Um, Kevin Durant, TJ Warren to the Phoenix Suns for, I believe, four first-round picks. Um, who else? Who else is in- included in that deal? Jay Crowder, um, who yeah. eventually is ha- has been rerouted by this point. Jay Crowder, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, um, huge haul. You know, I would say that KD is 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 uh, worth all of these all of these assets. Um, but obviously this is, this is the, the biggest trade of the deadline. It, it shakes up the entire NBA. Um, you know, I think in general, in in an overall sense, the Suns are probably on paper, the favorites to win the West, um, now simply because of the Kevin Durant addition. Um, there, they were, I think I, I I saw that there, they were 19 and 11 before book, um, got injured and has, he's been out, um, and they've not really performed very well, but, um, adding KD into this, um, just completely changes the game for the Suns. He's been playing uh, really good defense this year, um, on top of his normal offensive production. So even though losing bridges hurts, I think it bounces out even more so in the Suns favor. Um, so 
I think that this was, you know, I think this is exactly what the Suns were, uh, exactly what the Suns needed to to really put themselves back into that conversation. You know, I viewed them as frauds after these last couple of years, uh, following their their finals appearance. Um, but this changes the whole thing. You know, it changes the whole narrative around them. So, um, what were your thoughts on this trade? Dude, this uh, I, I agree. I think that the Suns are probably the favorites to win the West right now. Um, I do think that they might struggle against teams like uh, I do. I think that they could struggle against a team like Denver. Uh, they may need a little bit of help in the playoffs uh, just because of that Jokic and DeAndre Ayton matchup could cause a whole lot of problems. But KD, like, just sort of he's the kind of player that like lifts all the ships. You know, like like if he's on the court, he sort of like just changes the dynamics of how the defense reacts to all five players. And uh, I do think that this is going to prove significant for Chris Paul. I think that. He has been under a lot of scrutiny these last few months, uh, just looking old. I think you know he is clearly going to be the third or fourth most attended to person on the court by the defense. And uh, I could see a, a little point guard action uh, coming back to us, maybe a few more classic Chris Paul games this season. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see how Devin Booker plays off of Kevin Durant. You know, um, definitely I, I could, I mean, just from, from watching KD, pairing with uh previously like ball dominant like you know strong scorers like russell westbrook in his prime steph uh, Kyrie, you know those guys have all uh benefited their you know efficiency has gone up the shooting percentages have gone up i think that we could see an even better version of devin booker here this season um but yeah i love this trade i i, I it's it's great love that katie's out of brooklyn and uh <laughs> i love that uh I, I, you know, began my NBA fandom as a Suns fan, um, mm. and I can't help but think back and just wonder, you know, if I had stuck with it, look at how good things would be right now. But I will never go back. I followed Amari <laughs> to New York, and, you know, Amari still goes to Knicks games, not Suns games, and that's that's what we're doing. Wouldn't it be, you know, with, with all this uh, Steve Nash stuff at the beginning of the season, wouldn't it be just the greatest <laughs> – slap in the face by Kevin Durant to Steve Nash if he wins a championship in Phoenix and <laughs> Steve Nash never could. Oh be, man. That would hurt, man. That would that would really hurt. Um, I hate that. <laughs> never mind. I'm I'm out on this trade. <laughs> um but yeah, so I, I heard someone say today just talking about these these trade deadline moves, um how it's actually statistically less likely for a team like what a team who has done something like the Suns have done this season to actually be as successful as we think they're going to be at least right away. Um, because no matter how much, how talented you are, there is a, the issue of chemistry. Um, these guys have never played together. Um, you know, the Suns have been, it, they have had this core, basically, basically core group of, of players for several years. Now they went to the finals with this group and then adding someone like KD, who is, um, that, like you said, the offense becomes, you know, heliocentric around KD. Um, and so adding that, you know, th there's going to be some adjustments, but I think Kevin Durant, I think Devin Booker, Chris Paul, they're all talented enough and skilled enough and smart enough to be able to adapt. We'll just see if it happens quick enough for them to, you know, really make a splash really quickly, um, you know, this season. Um, but, you know, on the other side of that, we have the Nets. And like we mentioned earlier, um, ton of picks, ton of wings. Like they, they have a, they have actually have some good players. Like it's when you look at their roster right now, 
it's not an awful roster. It's like, you know, one of those scrappy young teams that you'll, that you see and you're like, Oh, they, if they win a, if they get to the playoffs, I would, I might root for them. I mean, obviously you wouldn't, you know, with, with, um, the, the, <laughs> the rivalry you got going on there, but, um, it's, it's, it's a still a fun team, but they, uh, uh, I think right now is just a lot of, a lot of just confusion as far as like, okay, they, they could have traded away Mikael Bridges. They could have traded away Cam Johnson, but now they just have all these guys. Um, and we'll just see what they do there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, uh, I do think that they, as currently constructed, don't have a need for guys like maybe even Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, certainly not Mikael Bridges. Um, but they obviously can't trade those guys because trade deadline's over. So they're just going to have to play out this season. One real quick uh, tweet I, I want to mention. Um, just cause I just saw it. Um, the NBA tread deadline has passed. And for the second straight year, the Chicago bulls stood pat at 26 and 28. The bulls are one of two teams who did not make a trade today. The other ones being the Cavs, who are in a good place and probably are going to be completely fine without the trade. So, um, just, just more misery for, for bulls fans over here, knowing that we are one of the two teams in the entire league that did not do anything today. Yeah. Oh, tough. That's, that's tough times, dude. That's tough times. Well, there's probably lots of things that that you know we haven't really touched on, but um, we're gonna end this this episode today by doing a little bit of a, a little bit of grading. We're gonna step into uh, teacher mode and uh, grade um, these these major trades that we've seen uh, today and these past couple weeks as the trade deadline has um, has been leading up as we've been leading up to the trade deadline. So um, let's go ahead and, and just start with the, we'll just go in the order that we kind of talked about them in. Uh, first up, we have the Mavericks. We have the Kyrie to the Mavericks deal. So for the Mavericks, Rye, what would you give as a letter grade? I give them a solid B. Um, I'll keep it short and simple. Uh, they are contending this year. They have no guarantee of Kyrie coming back next year. And they have very few draft picks. And it could get very dicey if things go south with Kyrie, which they could. And uh, Luca decides he wants out. Yeah, I think I think B is good. I think it's a, a good middle ground. Um, I would probably lean more towards like a B minus C plus because I'm just so scared of what's going to happen uh, because I, I just, I just don't have the, especially now with KD in the West again, it's mm. just not looking good <laughs> for, for anybody in the West, but mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, all right. So we'll give that, we'll give that a good B. All right. Next up we have, the, Oh, actually let's go on the, actually, no, we'll get to the Nets later. <laughs> um, so next up we have the Lakers in their moves, D'Lo, Vanderbilt, Beasley, Mobamba. Um, getting rid of Russ, um, giving not giving too much for all of these things. What you got for them? I'm gonna give them a solid A minus. I think that mm-hmm. they got better in every area that they needed to get better. I think that they did the impossible and unloaded some tough contracts. And I think that they have real hope for the future because if all of this goes south, they will have cap space this summer, which they have not had in the last couple. Mm. Yeah, I like A minus a lot. I like A minus a lot. Um, so let's kind of flip it in the with the teams that were involved with them. Um, so we have the Minnesota Timberwolves, um, who I try to keep up with what they what they had. Did they have Malik Beasley or was he on Utah? Um, I think Hard he, to keep oh, they, they had D'Lo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they had D'Lo. So they gave up D'Lo, um, and now I'm not even sure what they have now. So um, where, <laughs> we, where, we, uh, where are we where we given? Oh, there, there we go. Yeah, because Utah was the other team, so yeah. uh, they picked up a, you know, another point guard <laughs> um, to replace D'Lo. So what do you have with the with the Timberwolves, who 
you know, probably made the worst deal in the offseason. They might probably got the the uh, the F grade in the offseason for the Rudy Gobert trade. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this one, what you got for them? I am actually going to give them a B plus because they made the playoffs. They won a series last year, um, and they are basically running it back now. They have Mike Conley, and they're rumored to be signing Pat Bev once he is waived by the Magic. Uh, <laughs> so they're basically just running back last year's situation. Uh, it's kind of funny that both them and the Warriors went south, and they were like, you know what? Those guys that could defend, let's go back and get them. <laughs> they're returning a uh, Timberwolves legend, Pat Bev. <laughs> mm. Scores table better watch out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up, the Utah Jazz. Um, They received the 2027 first round, I believe, from the Mm -hmm. Lakers. And they also received Russell Westbrook and but they're probably going to buy him out or have they are have they already? I'm not sure. Um, But I mean, you know, they will. It's basically basically a guarantee. Um, they gave up Vanderbilt and Beasley um, for the for a first round pick. Basically, they're selling. They don't want to win games anymore. Um, so, what, what what's you what's your grade for them? I'm gonna give them a solid D. Um, I like I said, I don't like the way that Danny Ainge wheels and deals. I think he is uh, getting to be pretty greedy. Um, I think that he is getting lucky in two draft picks and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum away from just being a subpar GM. <laughs> And uh, I think he was asking way too much for his players, and he actually didn't get much. And now he's going to have to stretch Russ's contract when they release him. And they're going to lose a great deal of cap space over the next you know, few seasons by doing that. So uh, I actually think this is a really bad trade deadline for the Jazz. Yeah, especially especially considering their success in the <laughs> season already. Um, it's just, you know, they're not going to be in the race for Victor. They're not going to be even in the race for Scoot. Like, I don't think they'll even get in that you know, top three uh, range for the draft. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that's a pretty fitting grade for them. All right. Los Angeles Clippers, Mason Plumley, Eric Gordon, not Luke Kennard, but Bones Highland. <laughs> what's, what's their grade? I like Bones Highland. Uh, I definitely think I will like him on this team. Um, Mason Plumley is a center. He will play center for this team. Um <laughs> That is an unarguable fact. (laughs) I will give them a strong C plus. I think uh, if a team could get 10% better and still not really be a good team, that's what they did. I think that they will basically be do the exact same thing with different players, slightly different players. Um, So on the other side of that, we have Denver, the Denver Nuggets who give away Bones Highland, who was, you know, a, a little, a bright spot. I mean, their, their team is good. So not necessarily a bright spot, but he was, he was a good player on that team. Um, but didn't really have a role with all of their other players coming back healthy. Um, but do you have any, uh, any thoughts on a grade for the nuggets in their, you know, sort of quiet trade deadline? Yeah. I, and B plus like they unloaded, I, like I still love Bones Highland, but I don't know him as well as his coaches do. So uh, if he wasn't in the rotation, he wasn't in the rotation. They unloaded a guy who wasn't in the rotation, and they added Thomas Bryant, who, uh, you know, they'll finally have a center who can sort of spell uh, Jokic when he goes to the bench, which they haven't had in, like, years. So, I mean, whatever. They got a little better. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have the Philadelphia 76ers. They add Jalen McDaniels. As we talked about, they flipped Matisse Dival, um for him. So. Uh, what you got for them? I guess like a C. I don't know what to think about this trade. <laughs> I don't think this is. I don't think this team's better at all or worse. 
I think that they made a trade to save like a million dollars this year. Yep. <laughs> yeah, when I when I look at those two players, I'm like, hmm. It's like the Spider-Man memes kind of pointing <laughs> each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, very, very average. C-plus, just passing, I guess. Because um, <laughs> I guess they, you're right, they didn't get worse. <laughs> um, all right. Next up we have, and we didn't, we, oh, look, let's go. Golden State Warriors picking up uh, Gary Payton the second once again, uh, dumping James, uh, James Wiseman. Oh, man, this was complicated for me because I want to give them a bad grade based on the James Wiseman pick. You can only blame, like, you can only grade people for what they did in the moment. So I must say, like, a, a B plus. I mean, they were a championship team last year. They really missed Gary Payton. They're basically running back to championship team now. So, you know, yeah. if that's, you can't argue with that. It's just, you know, I want to grade on a curve because of the James Wiseman thing, but you can't do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, one that we haven't mentioned yet is uh, the Bucks. Um, they acquired Jay Crowder from the Nets. Um, so Crowder is finally in a place where he can, you know, play. He, he's willing to play again. Um, and so they just add a good defensive rotation player. Um, and they dump Serge Ibaka to the Pacers, who are buying him out. And so he'll be, Ibaka will be somewhere else. But uh, what do you think about the Bucks getting Jay Crowder? Uh, I think Jay Crowder is a little overrated. I mean, like, I, I don't remember him ever being, like, that good. Um, not even good as a defender. Um, he's just a wing who can play, like, very slightly above average defense and uh, he has a very streaky, you know, shooting streak. So I'm going to say, like, mm -hmm. a C-plus because Abaka's getting up there in age. He's, he's kind of slow, doesn't really fit that rotation super well. Uh, has not adapted in the same way that Brooke Lopez has changed around for that organization. So uh, unloading a guy like Serge Ibaka as much as it saddens me because he's such a great guy. Um, and then adding Jake Crowder, I guess, like they will contend with the Celtics. That's the kind of move that this is, you know. They're just adding a body yeah. that they can throw at Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So I guess C+. Plus. Yeah. All right. You mentioned the Celtics. They picked up the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Muscala. From the OKC Thunder, um, I, I said that this is a sneaky good pickup, you know, for how little they gave up for him. Um, what were your thoughts on this trade? Yeah, they basically got him for free. I'd, I'd give him like a B plus. I mean, they needed yeah. like Grant Williams misses a lot of time, and this is a, uh, you know, this is a B plus version of Grant Williams that they're adding to their rotation. <laughs> so now they kind of like have insurance, I guess, and they don't have to rely so heavily on Al Horford all the time. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, and then rounding it all out with, like we said, probably the winner of this draft, the Phoenix Suns. Hmm. Um, I mean, you have to give them an A plus. I mean, they turned, uh, yeah. you know, they turned Mikael Bridges to also sneaky overrated. I like Mikael Bridges, but like oh, people need to calm down about yeah, Mikael Bridges. Yeah. <laughs> um, he got torched a lot in the playoffs last year. Um, I know he's guarding Luca, but still. Just, torch mm -hmm. um you know they, they gave up basically mikhail bridges and four first round picks and if this team is as good as they should be throughout the next few years uh, those first round picks will not be missed they won't be super relevant uh you gotta give them an a plus yeah absolutely and even i, I think too even if they don't if they're not successful right away this is not like the Kyrie deal where Kyrie is he he's at the end of his contract at the end of this year so he could walk away um, this summer, Kevin Durant just signed an extension with the Nets. 
And so he's there. He's locked in for another three or four years. So um, this is this is good news for the Suns um, in all aspects, whether they're successful right away or not. Um, so, yeah, I agree, A-plus. Um, and I said rounding out with the Suns, but actually I want to round out with the Nets. What are we giving the Nets for this uh, this dump that they had? Um, Man, I, I have to give them a D. I mean, I think the, the trades that they've made have been kind of bad. Like, the, the only reason you acquire a guy like Mikael Bridges is to flip him to other teams. And by all accounts, they had teams calling them all day about him didn't make a deal so they can't make a deal for him until the off season and what happens if this team you know falls out of the playoffs it isn't a great team like whatever like his his trade value might just go down um i felt like they should have struck while the iron was hot there i just i just don't love the return and and you know i hate to kind of grade them on a curve based on past trades but they basically replaced all the first round picks that they sent houston for james harden with first round picks from KD's new team in Phoenix. And um, I don't know it's it's crazy. This has happened to the same franchise twice, but this is basically the KG trade, KG Paul Pierce trade all over again. Yeah. I saw this, this graphic um, where this dude put every, every person and every pick that the Nets have lost and every person, every pick that they've gained um, like they put them like side by side and it's actually insane how how much losing they have done in all of the the positive assets um which which really stinks uh, for the nets and, and nets fans but um yeah this this is it's, it's a tough tough look for the nets tough trade deadline for them but i think with coming into the whenever we get to the off season um they'll have a lot of a lot of pieces to be able to move around um or you know these, like I said earlier, these players are all really good role players. And whether, you know, whether we like it or not, Brooklyn is still a, it's still going to be a free agent destination. So you never know. There could be another KD that comes around. That's like, Hey, I want to go play in Brooklyn um, because it's, you know, it's in New York, it's in a big city. So um, you never know. They could, they could, they could make something happen there. Um, but yeah, yeah, right now it's looking like, I think a D is a pretty fair, fair grade for them. Yeah. All yeah. right, people. Well, Obviously, like like we said, there's so much that um, that we haven't even touched on. Lots of little trades here and there, um, lots of movements from from so many teams. Um, so you know, if there's anything that that we missed that you guys that are you know your teams did that you want us to talk about, uh, let us know. Um, but moving into this post trade deadline, about to, we're about to have the All Star Weekend. Um, there's going to be lots of lots of fun stuff to to pay attention to in the NBA um, with all these change ups. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see how um, everything shakes up with all of these movements. But uh, we just want to thank all of you guys again for listening, for tuning in to another episode of Deep Two. Ryan, it was great talking to you this evening um, about everything going on in the NBA. What a great, great trade deadline. It's going to be one for the history books. Um, but again, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Deep2Pod. That's Deep, the number two, pod. Also, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star rating so we can continue to bring the latest in the NBA and all of our mild to spicy takes. Catch you next time here at Deep2. Deep2.